Greetings, this is Carl, and you are listening to Behavior Gap Radio, the podcast for real financial advisors all over the world, members of the Society of Real Financial Advisors. This is episode three in a series on what I'm calling below the waterline issues. If you haven't listened to episode one, go back and listen to that, then you'll understand because I don't want to rehash it here. Other than to say one thing, I, what we're, I'm talking about sort of the collective wisdom that I have learned from other people around how we can deal as financial advisors, the things we need to be doing to allow us to have a healthy, productive, and long career. And part of our job is dealing with other people's anxiety. And if we're not doing these things that lie below the waterline, they're the things we never talk about because they're, you know, they're, they're un, unspeakable. And, and I have appointed myself vice president of unspeakable things, so we're talking about them here. So this episode's on sleep, and this one is probably the one that I struggle the most with. So I'm going to be walking you through the wisdom of other people, the things I've learned from other people. I know it to be true because A, it's backed on, it's it's backed up by sound academic work. Um, but B, when I do it, I feel awesome. I just haven't been very good at it. So here's, here's the uh, getting sleep right. <laughs> if, if you're, if you're thinking, and there's so much of this that pervades the sort of startup world and the business world and if you're a hustler and all that stuff you don't you just like oh whatever I'll, I'll sleep when I die well if that's your motto you may get a chance sooner rather than later right it was my motto too you know I there's a great social media expert guy that you may have all heard of that has you know a bazillion Twitter followers and he writes business books He's always about the hustle, and he's like, I think you need to be working till your eyes are bloodshot, and you stay up till midnight, and that's fine, whatever. If that's for you, go do that. Great. But for most of us, it's pretty clear we need between six and eight hours of sleep, some plus, six to ten hours of sleep, falling out generally around eight hours of solid sleep. The evidence is also clear that sleep doesn't just happen by getting in your bed, right? It's something you need to prepare to do, just like you would prepare for an athletic event or you would prepare for a meeting. There are things you can do to prepare for your sleep and that's what I want to talk about. This episode is going to be relatively short because they're relatively simple. Some of my favorite people who do deep work, deep thoughtful work on sleep suggested the following. Number one, prepare for it, right? And that that involves setting up your evening so that you don't just like you know, collapse into bed, that you slide into bed ready to get sleep. And the things you can do for that is get rid of any intellectual stimulating activity after seven o'clock or, you know, two hours before bedtime, whatever it is for you, maybe two or three hours before bedtime. The, the earlier, the better, right? Like I have a friend who six o'clock is the time. He goes to bed at 10, six o'clock, boom, computer's done smartphone's done unless he needs to take a phone call, right? No, no looking up of new and novel intellectually, you know, mentally stimulating information. No reading about the election, no reading the news, no, no reading about sports, right? And to be honest, like watching your favorite, you know, basketball game, again, that's a bad way to prepare for sleep. It's awfully fun and, and we're not going to be able, this isn't, doesn't mean live like a monk necessarily, and it, obviously there are going to be exceptions to this, but 
if, and this is one thing I'm not very good at and I'm trying really hard to get better at, you know, no reading, you know, your, the news on your phone in bed and certainly no checking email, Twitter, Instagram, bef you know, before you go to bed. In particular, email, like you're not going to be able to do, and believe me, I know this, I am now speaking to myself as much as you, so please don't take this. I'm going to be pretty blunt with myself, so I'm going to be pretty blunt with you. There's nothing you're going to be able to do about the email anyway, right? It's, it's 9.30 at night, reading the email, going into the email, and wondering whether, like you uncover some time bomb in there from a colleague, you're not going to be able to do anything about it that night anyway. You're, none of us are emergency room physicians. Nobody's going to die if you don't respond to the email till tomorrow at 9 or 10, right? After you've had your morning routine. Nobody's going to die. Now, the reason you're going to look for it is probably a little bit like me. And you may be too embarrassed to admit it. You may not have even known it. But I'm, again, I'm vice president of Unspeakable Things, so I can say it. You're addicted to it. And I'm saying, Carl, you're addicted to it, right? You're addicted to the little, and this is scientifically proven, the little hit of dopamine that you get when something new and novel appears. And in fact, you get it from the anticipation of something new and novel. Like just checking your email, even if there's nothing in there, you're sort of like the little rat sniffing through the maze looking for the little hit of dopamine, right? And, and other chemicals that release in the brain. Believe me, I'm not, I'm not ignorant about it. I'm just trying to simplify it for your sake and my sake too, right? I can't remember all the things. I just know there's a hit of dopamine and some chemicals released in our brain when we find something new and novel. And we're addicted to that. We are addicted to information. We are addicted to the news. Why in the world do I need to know what's in the newspaper at 9.30 at night? I don't. Like, put the priority on sleep. I can make the claim that the news doesn't matter any time of the day, but it certainly doesn't matter 9.30 at night, right? So that's number one, you know, prepare for it by turning off the computers and stimulation. I am not good at this at all. I have not tested it, so I don't know that it's, that it's I, I can't tell you from personal experience, but I can tell you lots and lots of really thoughtful research around reading fiction before you go to bed. So if your way of winding down is reading, you know, the latest business book on how to hustle, you know, not the best way to wind down. Reading in bed's a great tool, and particularly with paper books, like actual physical books. Reading in bed a great tool, typically fiction is what the research says. Again, I have never been able to finish, I'm embarrassed to admit this out loud, I've never been able to finish a fiction, <laughs> a fiction book. I always get like 10 pages in and I'm like, but this isn't real. <laughs> and I know I'm totally missing the point, but um, that's what the research says. Wrap that up. Get rid of that. A cup of tea, you know, some relaxing ritual that signals to your brain, hey, it's time to wind down. A warm shower, a warm bath. Turn the lights down. Maybe at seven or eight, you start to turn the lights down a little bit. And again, this is obviously also going to have some seasonal variation. You know, where I am recording this in New Zealand, we're going to get close to, I think, 9.30 or 10 o'clock before it starts to get dark. And we're going to enjoy that during this season. Right? So it has some seasonal variation. But those in general are the rules. And, and I think more importantly is treat sleep seriously. Like take your sleep seriously. 
You want to increase your performance? Take your sleep seriously. There's no shortage of valid scientific research on how to do it. I guess my point is those are a couple suggestions. And my overall point is take it seriously. You know, I'd love to hear your stories on this one. If any of you have like, hey, I used to not take sleep seriously and then these things happened to me and then I had, I, I was became a convert of sleep. I've got a friend like that that's just a raving fanatic around sleep. It's changed his life. If you're one of those people, I'd love to hear your stories around it. If you've run across any really good research, send those to us too. And uh, we will catch you on the other side. That wraps up episode three of Below the Waterline series. And uh, we will... Talk to you soon. That wraps up Behavior App Radio, the podcast for real financial advisors all over the world.